Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas and that hamster up your ass. That's. I feel like that's been done before that, isn't it? I don't know. Don't think I... Donald Duck was the first. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Are you getting record fatigue yet? Am I doing what? Are you getting record fatigue? No, I'm just generally fatigued, I think. It's been a very, very... Oh, I've just dropped my phone. It's been a very, very long couple of weeks, especially the last few days. I just haven't stopped. And I I must admit, there's been a couple of episodes where I've just had so much to do, I've just thought I could do without this. But I'm all right tonight. That's I'm good. all right. Yeah, I feel a bit more refreshed. Now, I've got a lot of things done. Yeah. Still got a few bits to do, of course. But I don't any longer feel... It's endless. It's not endless Okay. Anymore. Yeah, I've, I've done my Christmas shopping for myself. Oh, I've, excellent. I've bought myself some bits. Oh, what'd you get? Uh, I have ordered myself... Well, that'd be telling, wouldn't it? Uh, no, well, I... yeah, it would. That's why I asked, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise to me on Christmas Day then, would it? Oh, well, I'm, no, I'm sure you'll... Surp- it's not a surprise. Look, you just carry on knocking back those eggnogs yeah. and you won't remember you, what you said. You'll be yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm... Because obviously I've got an open <laughs> bottle of eggnog that I'm not going to waste. Yeah. I made myself an eggnog and another, you know, with the, vo- the chocolate vodka. Very nice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I've popped some eggnog. We're having eggnog ice cream tonight. Oh, We haven't lovely. had time yet. <laughs> we haven't had time yet. <laughs> um, so, yes, hopefully we'll have time to, to quickly make that and record it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after after recording tonight. So. Oh, excellent. Okay, well, we'll try not to keep you too long. No, so we'll, this, we'll try. This is podcast. Pod, pod, okay. Seriously, it's only the <laughs> first one I've had. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, it's all it takes. It's you know, all it takes. You know what? I put my out of office on today at two o'clock because <laughs> I'm off for five days and my head has just checked itself out. It's just... It's, As you should, sir. Yeah, it's, As you should. It's, it's gone. It's had enough. Um, <clears throat> so this is the penultimate episode of Podmus 2023. Excellent. This is the 23rd episode of Podmus 2023, all the 23s. Um, and I thought we'd talk about, I haven't actually read this, okay. but I found oh an article. We, gonna, there's a lot on here. This is, it's going to be a long episode if we read all this. Well, I'll read fast or something. Interestingly, <laughs> the first thing, can I can I say what it is? The yes, first thing that comes to mind <clears throat> is you've put on there the history of Father Christmas, and yes. I've clicked the link as well. Yes, and I thought it was true that he originally had a green jacket, and it became red because of Coca Cola. I think I've heard that. Yeah. yeah, but looking at this from the off, he had a red coat. Oh, really? Right, well, let's have a look. Well, just so clicking, jolly... clicking on the article, the first thing that comes up is him in, in a red coat, so... Oh, that doesn't necessarily... Okay. I, I, I doesn't necessarily mean it's the first... Or maybe it's because we're on the English Heritage website. They decided red matches the theme. 
That's true. It certainly does. <laughs> it certainly does. So it says the jolly old man who sneaks into our houses every 24th of December is beloved across the world and known by many names. But should you call him Father Christmas, St. Nicholas or Santa Claus? What's the difference? Where did he come? Where did he come from? Is he a Christian saint or a corporate stooge? In this article, we'll explore how Father Christmas emerged in England at a time when seasonal celebrations were under attack. We'll also, well, okay, let's let's just get into <laughs> it, shall we? So the the English origins of Father Christmas. So from his earliest days until the 19th century, Father Christmas was a strictly I can't say that allegorical allegorical. Dad, don't ask me. I've got no idea what that means. What does it mean? Well, if something's alleged, it's like, so it's, oh, it's a yeah, bit like yeah. saying, well, so you say, you know, it's a bit like that, isn't okay. it? Um, so it was just like um, a but, theoretical but we, but we know like, he exists. story figure. Sorry? But by now, we know he exists. Of course. Yeah. Naturally. Um, well, I, we we know he exists. There are plenty of non-believers out there and we, we, we you know... I'm not going to consult with you folk um so anyway <laughs> he was a symbol of the christmas season rather than a mythical being uh, he was often depicted as a merry old man who presided over festive parties not a gentle giver of gifts i think we touched on this maybe a little bit in the history of christmas possibly um, and largely because Christmas was celebrated differently with much more emphasis on entertainment for adults, as can be seen in Kenny Meadows' drawing of the illustrated London News. OK, cool. Um, the earliest evidence uh, for a personified Christmas can be found in 15th century Carol, in which a character called Sir Christmas, Chrysalmus, Christmas? Christmas, Christmas, <laughs> I get there in the end, <laughs> uh, shares the news of Christ's birth. He tells his audience, make good cheer and be right merry. Well, that sounds like something you'd say. Mm. Be right merry, me. Be right, be right, I can't. <laughs> I haven't had any vodka. <laughs> I wish I had. Uh, so another precursor to Father Christmas could be found in York, where a festival called Yule Ridings took place on the 21st of December. Uh, a man disguised as Yule carried cakes and meat through the streets and threw nuts into the crowd. In 1572, the procession was banned after complaints of very rude and bar barbarous behaviour. Oh. Uh, elsewhere, in Tudor and Stuart times, a specially, uh, specially appointed Lord of Misrule saw, oversaw Christmas celebrations in aristocratic houses and was sometimes given names like Captain Christmas, the Christmas Lord or Prince Christmas. Captain Christmas. Captain <laughs> Christmas. That's it. That's a new superhero now. Is it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, with a red cape with a fur trim. Yeah. Marvel will be snapping that up. Though I think we should. Okay. <laughs> we, 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 we know, I think we know who our Captain Christmas is. I think we do. I reckon that might be Uncle Jerry's yeah. alter ego, you know. <laughs> Captain Christmas. <laughs> the anti-Christmas yes. anti-hero. Um, <laughs> uh, but none of these early personifications of Christmas make him out to be a father or an old man for that. Uh, for that, the world had to wait for the playwright Ben Johnson. Okay. Uh, Johnson's Christmas, his mask, was performed for the royal court in 1616. In the play, the character of Christmas appears in old-fashioned clothes with a long, thin beard calling himself Old Christmas and Old Gregory Christmas. Gregory. Okay. <laughs> he chides the guards for refusing to let him into the party and argues that he is as good a Protestant as in any my any in my parish. A pointed comment at at a time when Christmas celebrations were coming under attack from Puritans. 
Johnson's character of Christmas is definitely old and is definitely a father. He brings with him several of his sons and daughters, each personifying a different tradition of the period, with names like Misrule, Carol, Mince Pie, Mumming and Wassail. Okay. <laughs> uh wassail what's it sounds like a like a like a roadman greeting doesn't it like wassail man wassail <laughs> wassail <laughs> uh christmas himself came with no gifts but one of his sons new year's gift bought an orange and a sprig of rosemary with a t- collar of gingerbread and a bottle of wine on either arm I is this like where him. Chris Singles Come. start coming from? Do you, oh, do you remember them when you were a kid? No. You never had a Chris Singles service? Like you'd go with school or scouts or whatever? No, what's that? Oh. Because you, you, you basically dress an orange up. Really? Have we not talked about this before? I've got deja vu. Well, if we have, I've forgotten. So you can tell me again. Yeah, so you get an orange. Um, yeah. Stick a candle in the top. That's Jesus, the light of the world. And then you put a red ribbon round, which is, I don't know, signifies his love for everyone or something. And then you get cocktail sticks and put sweets on them and stick them in it. It's the most goddamn pagan thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I think you it can really have, a, have a church service and stand there holding your... And summon you, Christ, you yeah. Lit, you, lit, <laughs> you, lit, you lit candle on you. On your orange. I can't believe you've never seen one. Do you say Jesus Christ in the mirror three times and then when your candle goes out, he's summoned or something? like? Let's add some theatrics. Come on, let's let's make this more interesting. Okay, yeah, that's what you do. Genuinely, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. Let me send you an image. Uh, I will send you this on Slack. Okay, right. You send me an image. There you go. That one's... Oh, you've done it already? Yes. Where? Where have you sent it? I sent it on Slack. Oh, it's uploading. <laughs> it's uploading. There we go. Must have been a bigger file than I thought. Oh, it's very pretty. It very is, pagan. isn't it? And especially when you get like a room full of people with them. Um, like that. Like that. How very homey <laughs> when you're all stood there in a line just looking at your sweets wanting to eat them. It looks like something you should be doing at Halloween, I'll be honest oh, with okay. you. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, the candles represent uh, Jesus. He shows us what God is like. The orange okay. is the world. The red tape is God's love for the world. How do you remember that? Four cocktail sticks are the four corner of the world. And the sweets are the good gifts God gives us. This is where flat earthers are coming God, from, isn't it? God gives us Haribo. Yeah. God gives us four corners of the world and there's flat earthers yeah. like, ha! Yeah. Ha, ha! See? It's soldier. Okay. I'll carry on. So the Puritan attack on Christmas intensified before, during and after the English Civil War. Royalists flocked to Christmas's defence and once again personified the season to make their case as in the 1645 pamphlet, The Arrangement, Conviction and Imprisonment of Christmas, in this allegorical story... (laughs) It's a really hard (laughs) word to say! (laughs) A woman (laughs) asks the Oxford Town Crier where Old Father Christmas has gone. 
She is told that the poor old man was arraigned, condemned, and after conviction, cast into prison amongst the king's soldiers, fearing to be hanged. Sure enough, in 1647, Parliament banned Christmas altogether, along with Easter, Whitesun, or Whitson, sorry, and many other traditional holidays. He oh, also featured... Yeah, the government, well, the government go. banning things you like. Yeah, fancy other, that, eh? other, Since then, they've learned that they can make money out of it, so, so it's they not have, banned. They have. That's true. Uh, he also featured in a pamphlet of 1652 by the royalist John Taylor called The Vindication of Christmas. And in 1658, a pamphlet entitled The Examination and Tyrrell of Old Father Christmas depicted him and um, as a man with a white beard and an old-fashioned fur-trimmed gown. Uh, he's put on trial for his life, but thankfully for us, he is acquitted by the jury. So I'm guessing that's him in, in the garb that we know today. It sounds like he... Quite yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, Christmas returned after the restoration of 1660 and Father Christmas went on to appear in stage plays and folk drama over the next 200 years. But as Ronald Hutton says in Stations of the Sun, he remained far removed from our understanding of the man. He was essentially concerned with the adult world, personifying feasting and games. He had no connection with presents and he was not treated with much respect, <laughs> being generally a burlesque figure of fun. No, oh, okay. So he was just a party guy. I mean, what's... Yeah, no. I think he just mellowed as time's gone on. Wait, but he's gone from being, you know, daddy to Father Christmas, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Father Christmas enjoyed a mini renaissance in the first half of the 19th century. In illustrations, he was sometimes shown as a winter sprite with garlands of holly on his head, surrounded by food and drink, and he... F f f and then he said festered. <clears throat> he featured <laughs> in many folk plays of the era. He also closely resembles the ghost of Christmas present from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And he really does, I think, very similar. Uh, but Christmas was changing. With the Victoria focused on family life and children, it would no longer be just a time for drinking, feasting and making merry. And this new kind of Christmas needed a new kind of old man to represent it. Uh, so we have the Victorians to thank. St. Nicholas and Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas! Sinterklaas! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Long, I've never heard that before. I, I, yeah, I enjoyed uh, pronouncing that. Yeah, but it's not uh, you did. <laughs> Sinterklaas. Uh, Long before the symbol of Father Christmas emerged in England, the separate legend of Sinterklaas was gaining around Europe. The origins of Sinterklaas can be found in stories of St. Nicholas, of a 4th century Greek bishop from Myra, now a modern in modern-day Turkey. Uh, in St. Nicholas was created, credited, sorry, with a wide variety of miracles. Uh, according to one story, he resurrected three youths after they'd been murdered and pickled in a barrel by an innkeeper. Lovely. Lovely, yeah, thrilling. Uh, in another tale, he met a poor man who was on the brink of selling his own daughters into slavery. Under the cover of darkness, the saint anonymously threw three bags of gold down the chimney to provide dowries for the girls. The gold landed in their stockings, which were drying by the fire. For anyone who isn't sure, a dowry is what was uh, paid by the father to whoever would marry their daughter and take take them off her hands his hands even okay so a, a dowry was a sum of he basically paid someone to marry his daughter essentially women were seen as being a bit of a burden 
which is a shame. Anyway, St. Nicholas's fame spread throughout medieval Europe after his relics were rescued from Myra and taken to Italy in 18, uh, sorry, 1087. Over time, tales of his gold-giving exploits gave rise to a tradition of leaving gifts for children on the night before December 6th, which was St. Nicholas's Day. In the Netherlands, special markets sprang up to sell toys and treats for the occasion, and St. Nicholas, or Sinterklaas, uh, impersonators dressed in red bishop's costumes to delight the crowds. Tradition had it that in his quest to deliver presents, St. Nicholas would enter houses by passing through locked doors or descending down chimneys to leave gifts in shoes and stockings. Much like the English Father Christmas, Sinterklaas came... Uh, under attack during and after the reformation with protestants keen to move away from the veneration of the saints the baby jesus was promoted as a more appropriate giver of gifts known in germany as das uh, christkindl oh okay yeah uh, later anglicized to chris kringle and st nicholas markets were banned as were biscuits baked in the shape of a bishop oh uh, but it's clear that popular tradition survived. One famous depiction of Jan Steen's 17th century painting of the Feast of St. Nicholas, which shows chaotic uh, domestic Dutch scene of gift giving and feasting. Uh, more evidence of their survival comes from the ways uh, that the Sinterklaas universe uh, expanded to include a host of frightening, violent characters who dished out punishment to naughty children, including <laughs> Krampus. Yes, love a bit of Krampus. <clears throat> uh so yeah okay uh here comes santa claus not entirely uh, clear how since class made his way across the atlantic to north america to become santa claus it's possible that his story made it uh to the dutch colony of new amsterdam which later became new york in 1773 the Riving rivington's gazetteer in new york reported that the anniversary of saint nicholas otherwise called saint Saint a Claus had been recently marketed, marked by a great number oh, of sons Saint of ancient saints. Yeah, where Saint Santa Claus come from, then, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in 1809, Washington Irving's History of New York claimed that the old Dutch families still told fairy tales of Santa Claus on Saint Nicholas's Day. He was said to. It sounds like like a few different characters that have over time been merged into one this person, has been chinese whispers it has yeah yeah uh he was said to fly over the city in a wagon and climb down chimneys to deliver presents whether or not Irvin was used uh, using poetic license is unclear but the idea whether or not he was using poetic <laughs> license <laughs> um, uh, and the legend grew with a poem featuring San Sancte Claus uh, published in the New York Spectator a year later. Some historians think that Irving and other New Yorkers were inventing new traditions to create a gentler family-orientated uh, kind of Christmas tradition in the city, which had begun to suffer from unpleasant bouts of drunken mob violence in the, in the days around 25th of December. In 1821, an anonymous illustrated poem called Old Man Santa Claus with much delight introduced Santa's red coat, reindeer and sleigh, and put his arrival on Christmas Eve rather than St. Nicholas's Day. Two years later, Clement Clark Moore, a Professor of Hebrew in the city embellished the legend in his poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, better known to us as The Night Before Christmas. Oh, there you go. Oh, I that think. Was nice story. Know, yeah, I think, I think that's. Yeah, wow. So who knew? It does, like you say, it sounds a lot like Chinese whispers and a lot of 
similar things were going on in different areas of the world and uh yeah and now we know who he is and amalgamated yeah 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 that's really interesting <clears throat> and of course we you know tomorrow he'll be visiting us all well hey. only us believers of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> as long as you've been you good know, have you been good I've, i'm always good have you been good yeah i'm always good you hesitated <laughs> <laughs> you hesitated i heard you well in case he's listening oh. i haven't got any jokes about him oh okay i've just, just got other well. jokes instead do you want my jokes yes please what's the most disappointing thing for a lover on christmas morning i don't know when they get a sweater but they're hoping for a screamer or a moaner <laughs> oh dear <laughs> oh dear <laughs> Uh, what did Miss Piggy give Kermit for Christmas? Oh, God, I don't know. A ham job. Oh, no. All right, we're done. Thanks very much for joining us for another episode of Podmas. <laughs> that was disgusting. Um, <laughs> please do join us tomorrow for our final episode of Podmas on Christmas Eve. We're very excited to... Uh, to, to be doing it uh head over to topicopedia.online where you can fill out our sexy feedback form and let us know how it's going um and you can also google us we're all over the internet uh and don't forget you can also contact us via our social media as well and we'll see you tomorrow bye bye